With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast, a quick and informative look into the state of South Carolina sports presented by the state newspaper. I'm your host, Greg Hadley, and I am joined by football reporter Ben Briner, and we are previewing what, in a season of interesting and confusing matchups, might be one of the most interesting yet. South Carolina football taking on Appalachian State this Saturday at 7 p.m. at Williams-Brice Stadium for senior night. Ben, the Mountaineers are 7-1 on the year. They were ranked for most of the season before they lost this past week. What makes them such a dangerous team? Offensively, they've got kind of a lot of interesting pieces. It's it, it's not as if they have necessarily one top-end back or one really take-the-top-off-the-defense-receiver, but they've just got a lot of good, solid playmakers, sort of a good balance there. And they've got Zach Thomas, who is actually a really good quarterback. He's pretty mobile. He's very efficient. He's a guy who, I want to say it was his first college game, at the very least his first college start, went into Happy Valley against Penn State and um, had a very nice game and ended up pushing them to overtime. He's just, he's got kind of this sort of interesting, versatile game. He's He can move well, not necessarily a pure top-end runner, but he's pretty good. And they're just kind of, they've got a lot of pieces. They've got a very solid, interesting scheme. Their head coach was North Carolina State's offensive coordinator when the Gamecocks faced him a couple of years back. And he does some pretty interesting stuff. And then defensively, they've got kind of a nice pass rush. And they've got some interesting pieces to work with. They're a little versatile. So they're definitely kind of a group with sort of a number of threats, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think the casual college football fan most remembers them for upsetting Michigan in 2006. And they're really a team that has this reputation as you don't want to schedule them uh, unless you're looking for a real tough contest. Yeah, they've been a good program probably forever. I mean, they were a good program under Jerry Moore for a long time. They were a good program under Sparky Woods, former Gamecocks coach. Former interim Gamecocks coach Sean Elliott was there for a long time. Uh, People will remember from that upset Armani Edwards, a South Carolina guy who was a great FCS quarterback there. And in general, yeah, they have been just a strong, tough program. It's kind of interesting. Back in the day, they were one of the early sort of spread adopters kind of going with more wide open offenses and now they actually run not exactly a run not a run heavy scheme per se but they definitely get a lot out of their ground game despite being that sort of squad and it's also been interesting to watch the way that they've transitioned because they went from FCS to FBS and barely skipped a beat I think they were they might have not been that good their last year in FCS and then were seven wins their first year and started hitting double digit wins after that so they're a feisty team and they're one of those kind of teams where Sometimes you honestly wonder, why would you schedule this squad since there's really just a lot of downside here? Yeah, that's reflected in the betting line from Las Vegas. I think the consensus right now is at four and a half points. So when you take into account home field advantage, that, I mean, it shows that Las Vegas thinks almost as highly of App State as they do of South Carolina. And I thought it was funny during Will Muschamp's Tuesday press availability, a reporter kind of asked him, like, 
when were you in on the scheduling of this series? Did you like it? Is it above your pay grade? That kind of thing. And Coach Muschamp kind of said, oh, it was before my time here, I think. I'm not sure. But it was kind of representative of when this series was scheduled. It's a tough one. And, you know, if you're looking for a group of five opponent to play outside the sports major conferences and you're looking for a win, App State is not the best choice. Yeah, there's something kind of interesting about it in the fact that South Carolina happened to schedule them in a year when their SEC West crossover opponent was particularly bad, and they had North Carolina, which seemed like a layup at the time and uh, then wasn't very quickly. And it kind of raises some interesting questions, which is, what does a school like South Carolina want to get out of its non-conference schedule? Traditionally, at least of late, they have been play three lower division teams at home when Clemson is on the road, and then play one uh, fellow Power 5 team in a neutral site in years when Clemson comes to Columbia, like this year. And when you schedule an App State, oftentimes it doesn't matter because South Carolina will be good enough that it won't be a problem, but when you catch an App State team like this, it could get really hairy, especially for, you know, a program that is staring down the barrel of a possible losing season in Wilmoth Champ's fourth year. I mean, it's worth noting, App State's already beaten North Carolina, who beat South Carolina in the opener. You, you can't draw too much from the commonalities there. It's especially because both games were incredibly close. But it is worth noting that, I mean, this team, as we've said, has a history of beating Power 5 opponents. Moving on, focusing more on the South Carolina side of it, one thing that came out of Coach Muschamp's presser on Tuesday that I thought was interesting was that he said Tavian Feaster was extremely limited in practice with a groin strain. Right as they're getting Rico Dowdle back, the senior running back, it just seems like this offense cannot catch a break with injuries. And if Feaster's out, that I think that, you know, that changes the complexion of the run game a fair bit. I think that's true, though I think some of it will depend on what Rico Dowdle looks like off that knee injury. I mean, if he can come back and play like Rico Dowdle, they should maybe not miss a beat necessarily, but between him and the guys they have behind him, they should be able to kind of carry the load. I mean... Feaster is probably better in terms of his big playability, and he really has evolved into a very, very key piece for that that run game. But I think that between Dowdle, Mondenson, if he isn't fumbling the ball and missing blitz pickups, Fenwick and Harris, they should be able to cobble together a good running game. Maybe not a great running game, and that might be a problem against this kind of team, but I don't necessarily think that the running game will really go incredibly wanting. Feaster was in and out of that Vanderbilt game, and like you said, Mon Denson was benched for some poor play, and Deshaun Fenwick really stepped up, and when asked about that on Tuesday about whether Fenwick's role will increase moving forward, Muschamp kind of went a little back and forth on it. We'll see. It's somewhat interesting that Appalachian State overall allowing only 4.3 yards a carry. It's a pretty good number, not necessarily a great number, but a pretty good number, and they're coming off a game in which they had to face a, a not exactly a triple option team, but an option team in Georgia Southern, and Georgia Southern did manage to get the best of them. So that ground game battle might kind of bear watching. Definitely. And I mean, especially in the context of the fact that South Carolina has lost wide receiver Josh Van and tight end Nick Muse for the rest of the regular season. Coach Muschamp said Tuesday that number two option Shai Smith is expected to come back from an injury. But really, they're running out of experienced playmakers that can catch the ball. And Ryan Holinsky has played very well over you know the past couple weeks. Hasn't thrown an interception in, I think, 167 attempts, which is close to the school record. But you do wonder how, off, how much further can, especially Brian Edwards, carry this offense because 
he was doing basically everything against Vanderbilt, and without him, as we mentioned in the last episode, it's hard to imagine where South Carolina would be. As a senior, Edwards has definitely kind of stepped up, carried that mantle, and that's been impressive. I think between him and Shai Smith, that's going to be a lot of your passing game. I think unless Smith is really hobbled by that hamstring, he's got that playmaking ability. Hasn't showed it a ton this year, showed it at points, but hasn't really been that consistent target. But now he's going to have to be that consistent target, because right now, between Edwards, Smith, and Markway, you can probably get away with playing them almost every snap. Maybe not health-wise, but you should be able to because they are far and away the three best pass catchers on this team. Now the question is going to be, there's a, you're going to have to have a, a fourth guy, and who is that going to be? At tight end, you have a former offensive lineman in Chandler Farrell and two freshmen and Will Register. So that's a lot of question marks. At wide receiver, um, you had Chavis Dawkins, I think, dealing with an injury as well. So you're basically talking Xavier Leggett. And Ortre Smith, who's kind of battling injuries as well. It's honestly hard to keep up with just how many people are battling injuries. And it's so strange with Ortre because obviously Muschamp has sort of said multiple times his knee is in worse shape than it was. It's still kind of coming back from it. But also, like, they might just need him him and Leggett to play a lot because, as you said, Van being out, you're just starting to run out of options. Yeah, I thought it was interesting Coach Muschamp said that they were still going to run with those two tight end sets, though, a fair bit. You mentioned briefly the options that South Carolina has there, but, I mean, who do you really think is going to step into that second tight end spot? Well, my first thought is they'll probably play three wide receivers. Coaches are not required to tell us how they're going to play, and they often don't. So I would imagine they'll go more three receiver, and when they go two tight ends, they'll stick Chandler Farrell in there, and they just won't send him out for passes. And that'll be mostly fine, because Chandler Farrell's a good blocker, and he's a good pass blocker. Good enough, anyway. And I will be interested a little bit to see how much they can get Trey Kenyon and how much they can get Keyshawn Tony in there, because I think those dudes have potential. I think Trey Kenyon has a lot of potential, but I think he came into camp late and dealt with, I think he had an injury during August as well, if memory serves. So he's been sort of developmentally stunted a little bit, and I think it'll be interesting to see if he can maybe take a few steps toward being the kind of playmaker they want, because he was really excellent as a high school senior. Hey there. Like what you hear? Good news. You can help ensure the state continues making journalism you love to read, watch, and listen to. If you're more into sports than news, you'd probably like our Sports Pass membership, which gives you access to unlimited sports coverage for just $30 for the first year. Subscribe to Sports Pass at thestate.com slash sportspass. You can also read more Gamecocks news by downloading the Go Gamecocks app or by signing up for our newsletter at thestate.com slash newsletters. Thanks for supporting local journalism. Now, back to today's episode. And looking at the other side of the ball, talking to the players on Tuesday, they talked a lot about how App State, their offense, would try and kind of confuse you with a lot of motions and pre-snap action. What do you think is going to be the, the real challenge for South Carolina's defense in this game? I think it's going to be dealing with an offense that can kind of hit you from everywhere and is very well and meticulously designed. Uh, Elia Drinkwitz is a good coach, and he has background from Gus Malzahn and from Boise State, which is an interesting combination because Gus Malzahn first was ahead of a lot of people in terms of some of his spread stuff and also was ahead on tempo, while Boise State is sort of the polar opposite there, very pro-style, very motion-based. It sounds like he's a bit more of a motion-based guy, though, to be fair. I was I pulled up some uh, video from the North Carolina game, and they started out going fast against the Tar Heels. So they've got kind of a lot of versatility, and it's going to ask a lot of 
South Carolina's defense, especially as it's sort of been parring back and parring back to, to match that kind of stuff. I think coming into this game, South Carolina has more talent. Obviously, they are an SEC team. And I think this is a group that, if they're on their P's and Q's, can kind of set the table for the game. I think that if South Carolina's defense plays like it has the ability to play and it's crisp and all that kind of stuff, it could basically say you'll have to shut down the off- the Gamecock offense to get a win in this one. But this team at times hasn't been that way. And if they get a little sloppy, Appalachian State can put up some points and you could see sort of a moment where kind of like the beginning of the Vandy game where the defense doesn't do what it's supposed to do, has mistakes, and sort of lets the Mountaineers put up one, two, maybe three scores. And all of a sudden, if you let that happen quickly, then South Carolina is playing from behind. And that's not a great place to be, especially with where the mood is about this season, because it's not necessarily the sort of season where a crowd is going to, it's kind of hard to generate that fan noise when the mood around things is to a degree a little dour already. And of course, Saturday will also be senior night. They got one more home game against Clemson, but they're going to use this game to really celebrate. I think it's 25 seniors, guys who will walk. And I thought it was interesting talking to the players about this being Coach Muschamp's first recruiting class that's finally getting set to graduate. And we talked to Javon Kinlaw, who's always a great quote, and he was talking about kind of the loyalty that he feels to Muschamp. And I thought that was kind of indicative of, you know, in a season where Coach Muschamp is taking a lot of heat, facing maybe a losing season, which fans would be rightly pretty upset with, it's interesting to note just how much loyalty he inspires in his players. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely a guy that players like, parents like, heck, administrators really like him. I know that when he left Florida, uh, their AD, who I think was Foley at the time, said it was just an incredibly hard thing to do because he really liked Will. So that, I think, means a little bit something. And it's also interesting looking at this senior class because it was the group that was sort of assembled on the fly right as he arrived. And It's had its share of attrition. It had uh, at least one, maybe two junior college kids who have filtered out by now. But realistically, you've actually got kind of a lot of key playmakers from that group who stuck around. Plus, you've got seven holdovers from the Spurrier era who are still sticking around as well. And you've got Donnell Stanley, who uh, was probably here back when uh, Lou Holtz was trying to run the option. And it's it's just it's an interesting group, and it it's kind of rough because if you cover college football long enough and you see enough senior days, there's sort of these ups and downs that come with them. Like two years ago, the nine-win team felt pretty good in that senior day because they had kind of helped author a turnaround. And this group, they're going to go out with a team that may well you know finish below 500. So it's kind of interesting to watch sort of the the waves of the sport through the years, especially through one team and one program. And uh, as part of Senior Night, there are some interesting names that were included and players that are going to be recognized on the field, including Jake Bentley, Sedaris Hutcherson, and Kyle Markaway, guys that could potentially return for another year. Let's take a quick listen to what Coach Will Muschamp had to say about how they're going to go about making that decision, whether they come back or not. Well, I think, you know, Colin, it, it you know, in, in probably Kyle and, and Sedaris Hutcherson's, you know, situation is, is – uh, you know, both guys have finished school. Um, both guys have aspirations to play on the next level. What input do we have from the NFL uh, for, you know, where their evaluation would be if they were to be drafted, where would they be drafted, and, and, and to kind of give them as much information as we can 
uh, from that standpoint. It's not what I think. It's not what one of our assistant coaches think. It's not what their parents think. It's not what some agent thinks. It's what the NFL thinks, and it's what each – there's 32 teams. It's the beauties in the eye of the beholder. And, and so where do they see them fitting on their draft board is basically the question would be. And then if they were to return their senior year, you know, or their last year or their sixth year or whatever the case may be, you know, what do they need to do to improve that draft status? And those are all questions that, that we try to give them as much information and understand that, you know, we're going to support their decision 100% no matter what. All right, that is all the time we have for now. Keep reading GoGamecocks.com for the latest news and updates on South Carolina football and basketball as that season gets started. And we'll be back on Monday with our recap of this weekend's game. Thanks for listening.